this week on WHBP. Winter riding and flabbergasted co-workers, plus a war of words as we take on wide rims. Stay with us. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program. This is a show by bike racers for bike racers. Uh, we talk about all of cycling, though. We talk about commuting. We talk about competition. You know, we talk about whatever we like. Uh, I'm Greg, and with me, of course, is your friend and mine, Matteo. Hey, Matteo. Hey, Greg. How's it going over there? Not too bad. I've got I've got my bourbon, and I'm ready to go. Awesome. I've got a so, glass of wine, and I'll tell you this. it The wine came out of a $7 bottle of wine, but if you were to taste it, you would be convinced that it was an $11 bottle of wine. Oh, yeah. Well, sometimes we get our wine at Trader Joe's, and it's like a $3 bottle of wine, and you would be convinced that it was a $4 bottle of wine. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> it's pretty good stuff. <laughs> pretty good stuff. Oh, maybe we should... Uh... Maybe we should segue to, um, oh, I don't know. Should we do winter bikes or should we do our... Let's uh, let's talk about winter bikes a little bit. It's getting on winter. We have some snowfall here. I don't know. What's the weather like in Boston these days? What you got? It, it's, been really, it's been really up and down. We've had uh, some very, very cold days already. Um, we've had some snow flurries. Yes, I know. Laugh laugh at me but uh, we've had some snow flurries nothing that's really stuck around yeah uh but it's also you know we've we've had teases like this weekend when it was really warm but you know it's it's getting it's really getting to be about that time i went out and bought some lobster club gloves so yes let's talk about uh bikes for winter matteo do you do you have a winter bike that you ride is that what you do? Because I know I hear a, a lot of people have, you know, they, they get bike, like a cyclocross bike just for winter, and it's all set up, and maybe it has disc brakes instead of rim brakes, and, uh, you know, they it's, it's it's aluminum wheels and very sturdy and stolid and uh, kind of serious business for, for riding in the winter. So I don't know. Is that is that what you do? That, that's almost like not entirely relevant to how I ride in the winter in Minnesota, which it it gets very mm. cold here and it gets very snowy and very icy. You know, once once we get into December, if we get snow, we're not going to get any melts and the, the ground just gets sure. covered in this insane hard pack. So it's very difficult to go out for a pleasurable ride. So having a winter bike in the same way doesn't make a whole ton of sense. I will say this, and this is actually one of the things about bikes that I, I really like. I have a bike that I don't give a crap about, and it's a single-speed cross bike, and sometimes it has flat bars, and sometimes it has drop bars, sometimes it has fenders and 28-millimeter uh, tires, and sometimes it has knobbies. Sure. The important thing is that I can ride it to the bus stop and lock it up and not care and not really have to do anything for it for five or six months. Um, and I'll ride that, you know, around town and I'll train a little bit on it. If the weather is, you know, not miserable enough to, uh, to make me want to like actually go outside. Um, 
But it's not the same as like, oh, you know, this is my foul weather road bike that I train on in January and February and March because that's just not really that's not really a thing here, you know. It it looks kind of different. Yeah. I suppose if I if I if I wanted what I think you're talking about, it would be it would probably be a cross bike with like 38 millimeter studded tires. And it would be set up like really upright because the amount of clothing that you need to wear in order to be warm when you're riding bikes when it's negative 15 is is a fair bit, a fair bit. So you can't really get oh, flexible. Yeah. You can't really bend over. You can't really like spin at a high cadence. Um, you just sort of slowly mash and grind and hope your heart rate gets up there and hope that you still have fingertips and toes when you get back and... It can be kind of a rough scene. Well, I mean, that, and, I that know, was maybe, actually maybe the problem. I was first... as like a total lightweight because I I think I know like some people actually train. One of my friends, his his winter training protocol is he puts a beer in his pocket, he rides until it's cold, he drinks it, and he turns around and he goes home. And that's that's a pretty good one. <laughs> that's not too bad. No, I um, boy, anyone who's out training when it's negative fifteen, I don't even know how that's possible because that that actually seems kind of uh, unsafe. <laughs> like, how do you? It's, how do you, it's definitely uh, unsafe. At that point, the air that you're taking in is so cold that uh, you know you're you're kind of. I've had this problem um, with you know the heart rate, for example. You just mentioned hope your heart rate heart rate gets up. I, I did when I was first uh, getting started in racing and training uh, in in the winter. I would go out and I I learned early on, especially with the dirt bag kind of uh, winter gear I had, which was basically <laughs> like things like borrowed rowing spandex from my girlfriend at the time and <laughs> just all kinds of weirdness <laughs> like that i had like i had packing oh. tape over the vents of my helmet things like that yeah i was <laughs> oh boy uh you know and i i quickly found that i i shouldn't do any climbing because uh i could go up the hill and i'd be great i'd be comfortable i'd go down i would freeze and i could never get my heart rate back up the rest of the ride i'd just be <laughs> miserable <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I so I don't have a winter bike either, and I actually, it seems to be a thing more almost on the internet or among, I don't know, maybe the more well-heeled of uh, cyclists than I am, anyway, in, in the people I, I, I ride with, because I don't see a lot of specific winter bikes, at least not uh, specific winter road bikes for riding and, and training for road racing. I do see people take their cyclocross bikes out, and I've been known to do that. Um, mm-hmm. when, for example, it was kind of steadily raining, um, but otherwise not, uh, that bad out there. And I, you know, wanted the full fenders that I was able to mount on, um, you know, the cross bike I had at that point. Uh, these days I've got, uh, a hardcore cross race bike that doesn't have fender eyelets or anything like that. So I pretty much just plan when I can stand to be actually outside to do it on my, Road bike, and I don't think that, I honestly think that a lot is made of having, like, I don't know, the right bike for training in the winter, but, you know, like I said, on the internets, uh, but there just kind of comes a point where you have to decide what you can take and sort of what you can, (laughs) what you can productively do, um, out there when it's cold. Like, I I think, I feel like a lot of actually riding in the winter and training in the winter is figuring Mm -hmm. out how to be, uh, just how to be productive and and how to how to 
ride effectively and train effectively when you're not going to be spending as much time uh, outside as you might yeah. like. I don't know. And, you know, you've yeah, got sorry. the slight misfortune of being being in the Northeast where your winters are about as likely to be wet as they are cold. And wet is very unpleasant. Um, I think I'd, I'd rather go for a ride on a sunny 15-degree day than on a wet 28-degree day. No no question about it. Um, yeah. And I, I've done that. You know, there yeah, were there I mean, days well, the thing is, last year right. when, when me and my training buddy would be like, oh, the weather's going to get, like, up into the 20s. We should go for a ride, and twenties will be like just, just enough for like the sunlight to start to melt some of the stuff, like, um, you know, because of roads collecting heat and and black stuff and sunlight and all that science. Um, and we'd go out, and it it wouldn't actually mm-hmm. be sunny enough for it to be warm. It wouldn't be warm enough for it to be warm. It would just be wet enough for it to be way more miserable than if it were ten or fifteen degrees colder. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, on the other hand, you know, that's kind of when I I can make it out in the winter is those sunny days, you know, when yeah. it's in the twenties. Because in which happily, you know, our average highs uh, here in the Northeast are, you know, a lot higher than they are uh, in you know Minnesota. Uh, so it is feasible, fortunately, to get long miles in on many weekends. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and provided maybe that you wait till more to the middle of the day and. Uh, it's sunny, so you've got some solar, you know, radiant heat. Uh, because yeah, when it's, when it's, it could be warmer, it could be close to, uh, the freezing point, but if it's cloudy and kind of wet, um, you're going to be really, really sad. And what you're riding doesn't yeah. matter a whole lot when it comes to that. I mean, yeah, you know, if the roads are going to be damn places, it can be nice to have those little clip on fenders is sort of what I rely on. Because then when you go through puddles of, uh, little puddles of snow melt and stuff like that, you know, it's not completely disgusting. But, you know, whatever bike you're riding, it's going to get disgusting. It's going to get gross. And I would rather, honestly, to the greatest extent I can help it, be on the bike I plan to ride the most and race on. Mm-hmm. Because then I don't have to worry about, you know, my cross bikes. I'm using different shoes. The fit is different, you know, especially if I'm going to be doing like hard interval training um, in cold weather. You know, I, I do not want mm-hmm. to be on the wrong uh, fit bike for what I'm planning to do. So, yeah, yeah, I, it's 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 it means spending a bunch of time often on a trainer or on rollers uh, and. You know, that's, yeah. that's tough. But on the other hand, you can be, you can be efficient with those too. You can sort of go and bang out, you know, an hour to maybe two hours if you're uh, feeling tough and to kind of move on with your life. And you can do it also at any time, which is nice. I mean, as big a problem as the weather is, um, the daylight is just as bad. Yeah, there's, there's actually who, like a nice time efficiency put. to, to having a bike set up on a trainer in the basement where you can just like, Oh, I don't, I'm not going to start dinner just yet. I'm just going to pull bibs on, yeah. hop on the bike on the trainer and do like 90 minutes and then come back up and eat some lentils and watch some Law & Order reruns and go to sleep. Sure. And am I the only <laughs> crazy person who, who uh, thinks that, uh, well, no, seriously, like that taking on and off your winter clothing sucks down way more time than you think it's going to, you know, because you've got to put on, you know, your various base layers and you got to put on your jersey and you got to put on your tights and then, you know, you're putting on your, 
uh, long sleeve jersey or your jacket or whatever, and you're putting on your shoes and you're putting on your shoe warmers, and before you know it, you spent like 20 minutes just ready, getting ready to go out. It really, it really <laughs> you know, does, the, does feel like that sometimes. And then you have to ride for 20 minutes to get warmed up, and then it's just, it's, it's oh, feels so like a big old time investment. Who's got time for that? Yeah, it, it really is. Who's got time for that? We don't have time. We've, we've got <laughs> important things to do aside from riding. Believe it or not, uh, it's not all we have to do riding bikes. I mean, you know, we've got that a podcast said, to I, produce. I oh yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> that's very important, actually. That's very important. Yeah, and in general, I, I don't know. The winter bike thing is so funny. Um, because I see, and this is in, in kind of people talking about commuting too. Actually, this comes up. People talking about, oh, in the winter, you know, you're going to want your fenders. Well, that's that's a granted. That, that's a given. I have uh, a commuter bike with full fenders for that reason. But it's like, oh, yeah, you'll want your studded tires and you'll want your disc brakes and all that. So you've got perfect stopping in all weather and, and all that stuff. And I, I, I kind of start scratching my head at this point because my commuting bike that I'm using, you know, this winter is, it has none of those things. <laughs> and i don't <laughs> here now I, I don't know what the roads are you know it's probably icier uh in uh minneapolis land but here you know yeah it gets icy but um it's not that icy and most of the time the roads in the city where i, I live you know so i live in boston and the roads are really well pretty well maintained in the winter as far as keeping snow off of them you know i don't have uh, any enormous hills I need to worry about getting my speed out of control. I've got rim mm-hmm. brakes and I've got regular old semi-slick tires and I've ridden I've ridden uh equipment like that, you know, also in western Massachusetts and here through, you know, a couple inches of snow on the road. Uh and you know, you slip and slide a bit, but that's just fun. You know, and you get where you're going and you're you're fine. I don't know. I I'll, I, I'll tell you I'll tell you this sort of in, there's in just response. No though. need for yeah, <laughs> there's no need for equipment dramatics, is what you're saying. Mm. Um, no, well, people get the impression that you need all this stuff. You you know you won't be able to stop without disc brakes. That you'll just fall on your ass if you don't have studded tires. Like I don't know, I, I haven't really had that big of a problem. I've only the only times I've like fallen on my on my ass when I was trying to ride uh, on a snowy road was. And that's not to say that, you know, they don't give ad security. But the only times I've fallen on my ass when riding the bike on a snowy road was when I was hot-dogging it. <laughs> riding like an idiot. I will, I will so tell anyway, you So anyway, sorry, you were um, saying. Yeah, well, you know, you said the roads are pretty well maintained out there. And I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have really believed this if somebody had told it to me before I moved to Minneapolis. But the roads are terribly maintained here in the winter. Um, if there's a snow emergency... Then, like, if there's a snowfall and they declare a snow emergency, like, by that night, they expect this, some of the streets to be clear to start plowing. And what that generally means is that most streets don't ever see a plow, um, unless it's really dire circumstances. Right. And because people here are Minnesotans and they think, like, oh, well, you know, we see a lot of bad weather and we're just going to keep on doing our life regardless of the weather, they just drive through the snow and the snow just packs down into a layer of hard pack. And in the worst conditions, uh, it results in something that like the Department of Transportation calls bulletproof ice. So it's cold enough that salting and other salt-like chemicals don't make a difference. It's so hard that plows just can't get through it. They can't get down to the pavement. And it's it's a layer of like 
just choppy, super frozen, super hard, extremely uneven, extremely slippery, treacherous ice. That's impossible to ride a bike on. Yeah, that sounds like a, a it's, bit it's of a un- different kettle of fish from what I have to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess yeah, I guess the message is uh, worry about worry about equipment depending upon your local conditions. <laughs> because maybe you do <laughs> that need said, that stuff. That said, I'm still a stubborn East Coaster at heart, and I have never used studded tires. And and I fall a yeah. lot in the winter. Um, yeah, I, I think I fell like seven or I had like seven or eight solid, spectacular sliding out wipeouts one winter. You know, and it just it just <laughs> keeps on happening. You can't. There's nothing that you can do about it. Oh, I, I used know. to have a lot of those. I used to have a lot. And of it's those. because I the mean, first time the, the first time nice I went is... for a ride with a friend with studded tires, he was he was hot dogging it, and he went through this patch of ice, and he goes, "Oh, I can handle anything." And he goes, "Whoosh!" And he just slides and he wipes out and the studded tires leave these great claw marks in the ice and i think well nothing's gonna help yeah yeah well (laughs) maybe there's a point where where nothing will help oh i don't know you ride bikes (laughs) in the winter it's you know it can be tough it's 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 sometimes uh you can't do it because the roads are impassable or it's cold and you're a wimp and you or you know you've already uh when you were younger and stupid or just about frozen your fingers off and don't want to go through that again. And then, <laughs> and then you're riding your bike to work, whatever. And and then your coworkers are think you're crazy. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Like, didn't, the, yeah. Didn't, the, you, didn't you have some thoughts on this? I just I. There's always everybody has a coworker or two or like if you're unlucky or more who just says, you know, they're only. The only thing about you that they can seize on and make conversation about is the fact that you ride a bike and their perspective that that is just the most bizarre and inconceivable thing to them, you know? So, oh, have you have you still ridden a bicycle? Yes. Oh, my gosh. What? Wow. 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 Oh, oh, I hate that. I can't deal with that. That's not conversation. No, it doesn't go away either. You know, it, people keeping it, it's it can be frustrating. I mean, you know, I I think some people like to milk uh, the whole I'm a you know I'm a super tough bastard uh, angle on it. But, <laughs> yeah, it just gets old because you know you and I both know that we're you know we're probably averagely tough. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's not. I, well, for me in particular, it's funny because I did have a, a coworker who actually um, did start uh, riding to work regularly, uh, kind of in the late winter. You know, not long after laughing at me for this, but on a particularly snowy, sloppy day, I was getting ready to ride home on my cross bike, and it's like he he insisted on coming down to the uh, building entrance so he could watch me ride away because he was convinced I was just going to immediately wipe out. Upon trying to ride away in the snow, and of course, of course, I disappointed him uh, <laughs> because it really wasn't that bad. It was the kind of wet stuff that kind of mostly just moves aside for your tires. It wasn't yeah. really that bad. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> you know, I live I live about two miles from where I work. <laughs> it is really not that hardcore. Yeah, <laughs> for me to get here in bad weather, 
Like, I could and, walk it if I really needed to. And riding a bike is not that outlandish. Rarely is is riding a bike in a city any type of extreme activity. But, you know, some no. people just have, have this view that it's, you know, only for young daredevils and it's it's kind of a bummer to hear that because you know, as a as a bike lover you know not just a bike racer but as a bike lover i like to think that really anyone almost almost anybody uh can throw their leg over a saddle and and pedal down the street and there'll be a smile on their face and they'll be able to to use their bike in ways that make a lot more sense than using a car sometimes but well, that's the, the well that's the, people, the real reason the, pe- that the I people find who, who push actually. this like oh bike crazy view break that down you know yeah well that that's the that's really what's frustrating about it is you know the people who think you're crazy for riding a bike when it's nice out you know in when i have lived further away from work it's oh you know like six miles right maybe more standard uh more common distance for people to to ride a bike to work you know but but when that's your attitude that biking is crazy to get to work or you know doing anything other than driving or taking public transportation or something then you know, even that six miles uh, in nice weather seems just insane and inconceivable. And it's like the expansion of uh, the expansion of the worldview kind of hasn't happened that, you know, that you could do this. Like this isn't, yeah. this isn't that difficult. Like you are, you know, you don't need to even be super fit in order to do something like this. Like you are capable of it. And even, you know, when it comes to riding in bad weather, yeah, you know, you, you got to be prepared to, you know, maybe get some rain pants and, and, and stuff and maybe get a little damp, but you know, it's not. And, and yes, yeah, sometimes it's, you don't have to be, you know, I, I don't want people to. Pants. Yeah. Well, you know, and sometimes it well, just like anything else. Like sometimes you're tired and you, you don't want to ride your bike home because you know, you gotta, maybe there's a, a little hill that, Normally, uh, isn't that hard, but, you know, you've had a long day and, you know, your boss was a jerk and, <laughs> you know, you're tired. <laughs> uh, but you kind of deal with that even when you're sitting your butt down in a car and getting on, you know, the turnpike and sitting there for 90 minutes at, you know, two miles per hour. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. think, I think this might be going on a bit and being a little bit just kind of us whining, but... <laughs> people you can ride your like here we are trying to sell the listeners of this uh podcast on uh you can ride your bike to work in the winter <laughs> they probably know that already yeah i'm oh, guessing so, that the people who listen to us know what's up but yeah we're we're we are not to be dissuaded from working up a good rant i'll tell you that oh was that a deliberate segue i think that it sounded like it might have been <laughs> i think that we're gonna Take that opportunity to to uh, move into our our three part segment, of course, uh, in in which uh, we choose each episode one of three possible topics to either rant about, or have a thumbs up moment, or just to scratch our heads and say what. Uh, and I think <laughs> I've got a rant for us. All right, lay it on me, man. A rant. Ugh. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing roadies that four more millimeters of rim width made all the difference in the world. Uh, <laughs> this, this wide rim thing is driving me crazy. Are you and I should say, I just, 
I am so I want to be I want to introduce some nuance now to this rant. I am not I am not mm. indicting wide rims. I actually I have in the bike shop right now. I'm rebuilding my usual pair of road wheels that I train and race on uh, with new wide rims uh, from the old narrow rims that I had. But but that's the mm-hmm. thing is that we're we're talking we're we're calling these things wide rims. They're four millimeters wider. It is not a big deal, you know. And you just see all of these amazing benefits uh, ascribed to having these uh, rims that instead of being nineteen millimeters wide, you know, external diameter are twenty three millimeters wide. Where okay, now the tire shape is better and rounder which means it has more volume and you can run lower pressure and you get better aerodynamics and the tire doesn't fold while you're cornering and puppies and unicorns you know can fit within the inner tube and that totally make happened for on a my fantastic wheels. ride I let some air out and a unicorn came out come on oh <laughs> that's how it goes yeah but i mean it's so all of the benefits ascribed to these wider rims in terms of you know the idea being that you put a 23 millimeter tire on them and it's got less of a light bulb shape and more of a round shape in that you know therefore you've got more laminar airflow uh and that's the reason for the aerodynamics and a because the sidewalls are straighter up and down uh, then you don't have a, you have better handling. This is the one that really gets me. You've got better handling because the tire isn't uh, kind of folding as much on your cornering forces. Uh, and then of course there's you know the 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 better ride thing. And now maybe it's just because I'm skinny. Uh, but on the road, on the road, I have noticed none of these things. None of them. I've I've tested this. Oh. I've had wide wheels for a while, not as my main wheels. And, you know, I, I did some crits with the wide rims thinking, well, boy, I hear these things handle better. Um, so maybe maybe it'll I'll have more confidence in terms. Nope, nothing. Mm. Not a thing. No difference. Mm. Nothing at all. Uh, and I run, I, I run my pressures really, really low on normal rims. I am one of those people who rides 23 millimeter tires with like 80 front, 90 rear. Uh, so, you know, if that, some, sometimes 85. And, you know, the aerodynamics is probably true, but it's really small, different, like really small, like tiny, teeny, teeny, weeny. And you know, the main reason that this design took off in the first place was because, uh, rim manufacturers like Head and Zip and whatever figured out, oh, hey, we want to make, uh, part of the rim further away from the brake track wider. And it just, in order to, you know, fit the tires right on this shape and, and get the aerodynamics right for the tire with this new rim design that was fatter. Uh, <laughs> they went with something that was wider, the brake track. And then, oh, it turns out that there's all these benefits and now they're selling them on their own merits. When really, if you've got like a, you know, 25 millimeter deep uh, aluminum rim that doesn't have much in the way of aerodynamic properties anyway, who cares if the airflow <laughs> is slightly smoother? You know, like it's not... <laughs> like what's that gonna get you like vert oh, <laughs> see i'm devolving into incoherence and yet and yet and yet i'm i admit that it's inevitable it's happening and i needed to replace my rims anyway and i wasn't going to be stupid enough to put narrow rims on them but it, it kind of makes me angry so so i need to <sighs> i need to jump in i need to jump in because you <sighs> say that you said four millimeters <sighs> is like nothing 
But if I were to if I were to replace your twenty three millimeter tires with some nineteen millimeter tires, you'd notice it. You'd notice it immediately as soon as you threw your leg over the bike. If I if oh, I put on some like don't go bringing logic into my <laughs> rant. <laughs> no, I don't think the, that's the, the same. I mean, yes, it's true. Like four millimeters can can be more than it sounds like. Mm-hmm. The and then, and then the other thing is is that I. I'm like naturally suspicious of marketing blather. Um, I don't think I've I've ever been able to identify one wheel as being stiffer than the other, or you know, obviously like frames feel different and blah blah blah. But sure, if someone were to tell me that like you know a Shimano pedal because of a wider platform is stiffer than a look pedal or. Or <laughs> cranks being or stiffer more importantly, than, that or, that'll make or you chain faster rings being stiffer anyway. than another. Get out of town. I mean, I'm 135 pounds, so I get that people who weigh, you know, a bit more than that are going to have different experiences. But I just don't. Ugh, right. I. But the yeah. first time I got my hands on a pair of wide reels, I I mounted tires and a cassette on them, and I put them on my bike, and I went for a ride, kind of expecting, and, and preparing myself to be like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what? You know, where's what's what's all that? Come on, come on, all you people writing marketing copy, just tone it down. But I, in in the first few feet that I was rolling out, I I felt the difference. You know, it just felt like a, a more confident rubbery grab underneath me when I was cornering. It felt, uh, it felt like a fatter tire, um, soaking up some of the buzz and the bumps. So I I'm. I I will agree with you uh, to the extent that that yes, there's always awful hyperbole in in marketing and in the bike industry and in just about anything you can think of. Um, but I still think that there's a really tangible and coherent benefit to wide rims. So I, I want to emphasize: I do think that the benefits are are real. I just think that they're blown out of proportion. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's kind of funny. It's so difficult to compare. In in part of one of the things I uh, noticed when so I I when I did this check actually I, I did them on very different wheels, um, which makes it really really difficult to compare the ride. Uh, it actually turned out that the wheels I normally ride were much much better riding wheels uh, than mm-hmm. the ones with the wider rims. Um, so the the wheels uh, that I usually have are uh, twenty front twenty four rear spoke um, and Rims that are considered very stiff, uh, Kinlan XR300s, just kind of mm-hmm. basic uh, V-shaped aluminum rim. And I was, the other wheels were 32-spoke um, A20, Velocity A23 rims. Mm-hmm. And they rode way harsher, uh, presumably because of the uh, number of spokes or something. I don't really know. I don't really know. I wouldn't have expected that I could detect a difference in ride due to just the wheel before that experience mm-hmm. um but as it happened uh, i could so yeah and it's not even that i don't you know don't believe people who tell me and you're not the only one who's told me that they notice a real uh and and very significant difference but i don't know i don't know i i can only i can only give my perspective which is that i haven't noticed much i should say these rims should always have been wider um 
like it is a, it is a good thing it's just making me a little crazy that like <laughs> now like because you know we're still on caliper breaks right discs haven't taken over the world yet and so it just makes dealing with having mixed wheels a pain in the ass and so then it's like oh, i have to buy all new wheels and oh man but all of my 700c wheels well all of my road bike or cross bike 700c wheels will now be uh 23 millimeters and all will be well with the world but <laughs> oh and i should say i also i also was losing my mind the, the part of the reason this came up was because i was uh in preparation for getting my new wheels i was putting those same backup wheels the a23 uh wheels on by the way the a23 is a terrible rim uh <laughs> but that's another <laughs> topic i was getting those uh but i was putting those backup wheels on my bike um so that I could continue to ride it. Uh, and I could not get the rear brake um, adjusted such that it would fully release after squeezing the lever. You know, it would have that little click, click, click in the brake lever because it's rattling a bit because the yep. brake wouldn't fully release. Uh, small bike problems. So it is <sighs> small bike problems. And also it is like the wider rims make it even, you know, even with these being within you know well within the kind of the range of operation of normal rim calipers you know it's like this added (laughs) this added bonus of trying to set the damn thing up uh and and not being able to get it to work but i don't know we'll we'll sort that out and once disc brakes have taken over the world in 10 years uh it'll be sort of a moot point (laughs) oh and i should say uh, just to close out my rant uh since I, i guess i'm trying to temper it with some reasonableness um I primarily got those wheels uh, as wheels for my cross bike, including for for training on on trails. So I wasn't wouldn't be riding my nice tubulars on trails. If you're going to ride cross on tubulars and you're still riding on the old standard road rims, uh, the 19 millimeter narrow road rims, you're a crazy person. Uh, at cyclocross pressures, <laughs> it makes an enormous difference. It is it is night and day. Uh, so. You know that that is a, a a real point in their favor is that holy cow running running cross clinchers on standard you know on your uh, Mavic uh, Open Pro or whatever is just terrible, and it's yeah. that those four millimeters when you're when you've got you know thirty four thirty two millimeter cross tires at you know thirty five psi, um, it's a big big difference. So all right, anyway. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna rant. go ahead and say that I got you to do an about face in your rant du jour. <laughs> well, it's not an about face. It's not an about face. <laughs> Don't think you've won, Matteo. <laughs> not this. Not today. <laughs> hey, this bourbon is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, everybody. Don't think you've won. That seven dollar bottle hey, of bourbon right. tastes like an eleven dollar bottle of bourbon. <laughs> you want to wrap this up? All right, thanks for joining us. It's uh, it's whatever it's whatever the time is. That's the time that you're listening to us today. And uh, I'm Matteo, and I've been joined by Greg, and we are the uh, the folks of the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program. You can catch us on standarddouble.com/whbp. Did I get that right? Yeah, nailed it, nailed it. All right, you did get that right. Swish. And don't forget that you can find us on Twitter. I am Grolby. Matteo is underscore Matteo. And our official show account is at underscore WHBP. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>